Welcome to Meadowbrook Church, loving Jesus by loving people. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. Well, good morning, everyone. Thanks, Mom. No, just kidding. Welcome here. Who likes the snow? All right. Just turn to your neighbor and say, summer's a-coming. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say hi. Come on, people. It's all good. Well, welcome here. I like the snow. My kids and I made a snowman last week, and we built a fort in our backyard, and we highlight it with some food coloring so it stands out in the backyard. And then just a couple of days ago, we were looking in the backyard, and all that remains is his head with his snow hat, snow hat beside him. It's kind of a disturbing scene, but uh, it's pretty cute for our kids. So, well, welcome here. A couple of things I want to highlight uh, before we get to the actual message. You walked into the main entrance. If you didn't, there's an uh, area where you can sign up for Parent Q, which is an app you can use that our kids' ministry is using to help parents, uncles, aunts, grandparents, etc., to engage more in kids' journeys of faith. And so if you're able, take your phone out today, go down the hallway or at home sometime today and download the app. It's a great app that helps us engage with our kids in terms of their faith walk. The church is definitely a big part of your family's life in terms of engaging your children. However, the lion's share of responsibility happens at home. And that's why it's really important that we use the tools we can uh, to help our kids come along and learn about Jesus. And it helps us as well. We use the app in our family. There's some really good practical thoughts and some great videos, and they remind you throughout the day when to use it and why not. So again, grab your phone, go down the hallway after service. You can definitely add that to your app section, and it's a great tool for families as well. And I want to give you a quick update on a couple of weeks ago, a team of us went over to... Uh, Perry Sound, which is about five hours north or so, uh, and we went to go visit one of our missionaries, Derek, and we went out there to encourage him and to help him with the ministry he's doing. He works with First Nations people, and we went out there as an opportunity just to see what God was doing in and through him. We had an opportunity to go to Shawanaga, which is one of the Indian reservations. We went to Moose Deer and Wahada, and those are the places we went. Our team went in with this posture of just humility and wanting to really come alongside with Derek and to serve him. And it was just a real blessing to watch him in action. He has such respect uh, from the people that he's serving with. And he's been at this for a long time. And there's been some really good fruit that has come alongside and what the Holy Spirit is doing in and through him. And yet it's a real hard work as well. He spends a lot of time in his car and he does that and he drives all over the place. And one of the things he gets to do is drive from one reservation to another. And in that, some of the roads that he drives on aren't the greatest. And so keep him in prayer as we keep all of our missionaries in prayer as well uh, as they're doing some great work for God's kingdom. So that's Derek right there. And again, we're looking at maybe some future trips again down the road. Derek and I had a Skype call the other day just to follow up, and he was really pleased as to what the team did. The team did such a great job uh, being out there to serve in humility and with lots of prayer and just coming alongside. And the reports we got back from the people we encountered was very, very positive. So uh, again, keep our missionaries in prayer, including Derek. So today's sermon message is called Mirror, Mirror. And it's not based on fairy tale or anything like that, but we're going to take an opportunity today to look ourselves in the mirror and look at ourselves in the mirror through our heart and where we're at with Jesus and what's going on in the depths of our heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And it's an important thing to do is to self-examine as we take a minute to look at our hearts and where we're at. Uh, because I think sometimes we rush through life and we don't always take that extra time to really figure out where we're at with Christ. And we're going to talk about that today as we dive into the message. Now, I know that it's a great thing to go to see the doctor for physical exams yearly. We're encouraged to do that. Uh, I saw my doctor last year, and that was the first time I went to an actual doctor for a physical exam in a long time because I'm a guy. That's just something we don't do on a regular basis. However, it's an important thing, isn't it? It's something we should be doing, going to the doctor, uh, getting examined uh, in terms of our physical being. It's an important part of our life so we can find out what's going on. Now, those are great indicators, aren't they? When a doctor sees you, they can tell you very practically and pretty quickly where you're at with your health. There's a bit of a baseline for that. And sometimes uh, in the church, we do great measurements. We do great measurements on giving, attendance, and all these other things. But how do you measure someone's heart? What do you do to really understand where somebody's at in terms of their faith? And it's not always just about the numbers. It's about where a heart is at. Gypsy Smith, who was a British evangelist about 100 years ago or so, he was working with different missionaries in the community he was in. And one of the guys he was working with was one of his prominent leaders that was heavily involved in the ministry with him. And this gentleman worked with Gypsy basically the whole week long, and they started to connect and do life together. And one day this gentleman said, Gypsy, I'd like to talk to you about something. I'd like to talk to you about my own soul. And then Gypsy asked, Gypsy had asked him, what's the trouble? What's going on? And this is what the man had said to him. He says, I'm not converted. I have never been born again. He said, my parents supposed I was a Christian and urged me to join the church, and I did so. My pastor supposed I was a Christian and was made a Sunday school teacher and officer in the church. And because they supposed and kept on supposing, nobody has ever looked at me in the eye and asked me the simple question, Harry, are you right with God? Now that's a profound question, isn't it? And how do you answer that question? And one of the ways we can at least get to some parts of that question is looking at our hearts. Every day we are either becoming more like Jesus or less like him. And it's called spiritual formation. It's a fancy word of how we get close to Christ, how we read our Bible. It's a way to connect with him as well. And as you've come here this morning, and you call yourselves a Christ follower, that's amazing. But if you've come here today, and you're not a Christian, or you're giving your life to Jesus, we want you to engage in this journey as well. Because it's important for you to figure out where you stand spiritually. Where do you stand with God? And do you have a relationship with him? And hopefully this will help you understand more about what that looks like. Now, Christ is our standard for comparison to holiness. And Wayne Gruden, who is a theologian and a seminary professor, says this, Sanctification is a progressive work of God and man that makes us more and more free from sin and like Christ in our actual lives. So it's an ongoing process that we're working through, this idea of sanctification, which makes us understand how we can become more like Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, self-examination is very important, not because we want to be self-absorbed, not because we want to make it just about us. We want to do it because we want to see where our heart's at, and we do it with an attitude of humility, and we look to the scriptures for that. We look to the Holy Spirit to change us and encourage us, but to also take a moment to say, where am I truly at? What's really going on inside of my own spirit? Now, as we dive into the Authentic series, which will be starting next week, as Pastor Chris leads us through that, this is another opportunity to the step of authenticity, about where we're really at with Christ, where we're really at in life. I think sometimes in the church, we can put on the mask in the front of saying we're better than we actually are, but our hearts and our spirit are so disconnected. 
And it's an opportunity for us to do life together even more meaningful than what we're doing today. And it's an opportunity for us to not deceive ourselves, uh, to be comfortable and to have the easy life. Uh, we want to be able to become more like Christ. And self-examination is a great place to start. The Bible says if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And that's an important reminder as well. Yes, we are saints. We are saved. We belong to the Most High. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And yet we can make choices day to day that break the heart of God. And we need to take that moment to come before his presence and ask for forgiveness and to understand that as he sees our hearts, he can reveal to us the things that might be holding us back to a deeper relationship with Christ. The Bible says we confess our sins. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, when you read that, it's encouraging to me, and I hope it's encouraging to you as well, that when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins. See, God is approachable. He's not saying, well, when you mess up, Mesh, you can't come into my presence. He's saying, even in your sin, you can come and sit at my feet and ask for forgiveness. One of the things we do when it comes to self-examination, before we come to communion and we take communion, we're often asked, the scripture leads us, to examine our hearts, to make sure that our heart's in a, in a good place so we don't take communion in an unworthy manner. It's something that he talks about in the Bible. And I'll read the scripture to you out of 1 Corinthians 11. So then when you came together, it is not the Lord's supper you eat, for when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this manner. Now here's the Apostle Paul. He is challenging the church of Corinth to say, you guys are taking communion in an unworthy manner. Matter of fact, what was going on, there was people that were taking the Lord's Supper and hogging the food. They weren't sharing. There's people actually getting drunk on wine. And he is rebuking them and saying, we need to have our hearts in the right place when it comes to communion. And yet we should have our hearts in the right place as best as we can as we engage with life. Now, self-examination is a tricky thing, isn't it? We don't always know what's in our heart because the Bible also says in Jeremiah 17, the heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You know, we can say our heart's in the right place, we can say all the right things, but sometimes that's not all the case because nobody can see what's really going on inside of ourselves except for the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says this, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. That's encouraging and challenging, isn't it? Because we can go through life and put out a face that we're doing okay, we're, we're following Jesus, and things are going pretty well for us. But at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit will examine us and where we're really at. And that's a powerful thing, isn't it? I think it's a good reminder for us. And it's a good thing to have the Holy Spirit in our lives to convict us and to direct us. So we're veering off the path of following Christ. The Holy Spirit comes along and reminds us and shows us the things that are deep-seated within our hearts. I think sometimes we think we're doing okay. I'm not saying we're all terrible, but the Bible says that none of us are good, and we are saved because of the grace of God. 
We have all sinned and fallen short. But the grace of God covers us. And yet sometimes there's things in our lives that are so deep in our spirit that we don't even recognize that they're there. But when we ask the Holy Spirit to search us and to look at our hearts, the Holy Spirit will percolate things to the surface and he'll bring things to light. The Bible says in Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my hearts. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. See, David here admits that he doesn't even know whether his actions and motives are pure. That's amazing to me that he comes before the Lord completely naked and he says, search my heart because I don't even know what's there. Help me to see how you're leading me. So as we invite the Lord to reveal to us the things in our life, the things in my life that we need to see, this is a great time to be doing that because we've started this year and self-examination is a great step to be taking in our Christian faith. Physical exams happen once a year, but a Christian self-examination through the power of the Holy Spirit should be something we do on a regular basis. Now, there's a gentleman that wrote a book, Tim Keller. He provides us a framework of what we're going to talk about today. He wrote this book called Prayer, Experiencing Awe and Intimacy with God. And we're going to use sailing as kind of our standing point today about where you're at with Jesus. Now, not all of these are going to cover exactly where you're at, but this will give us a bit of a guideline as he talked about this in his book. And that's where we're getting this particular material from. So we're going to start with sailing. Now, when he talks about sailing, he talks about having the wind at your back. I've gone sailing before. Maybe you have as well. And when the wind is at your back, you are going like Mach 1 on that water pretty quick. It's a fun feeling, isn't it? The wind's in your face, sometimes in my hair, and it's just there. And you're having a great time. It's a fantastic thing. And it's a good place to be. And you're making progress. But in spirituality, when it comes to sailing, those are good things as well. We're sailing along through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're doing all right. We're reading our scriptures. We're, we're praying. We're encouraging people. God's doing some real good things in our life. And people around you are noticing it as well. You're just being a witness, and people can see, man, there's something going on in that person's life. We're connected to God. And what's, what's good about that is that we're in flow with the Holy Spirit. The potential problems with sailing is that you don't know if your progress is based on circumstance or more deeply rooted in Jesus Christ in your life. And that's one of the things we got to consider as well. Now, if you've come here today and you've got the wind at your back and you're in a healthy spot spiritually, not perfection, but you're, you're stumbling towards heaven and you're fighting the fight, thank God for that. Hold on to that. It's a good place to be. Uh, but you're not always there in life as well. I understand that too. The next thing he talks about is rowing. Now, a lot of us experience Christianity in this way. We're working hard. We're, we're doing our things. We're making progress. We're praying. We're reading the Bible. We're doing all these things. But they become a duty and not a delight. And we're sometimes rowing upstream versus downstream. And we're struggling in our faith. God might be distant. We haven't seen many answers to prayer. We refuse to give up or have self-pity, but there's whispers in our life, in our heart, that self-righteous whispering that comes along and says, oh, you deserve better. You deserve better than this. Why is this going on? Oh, you're better than that. You deserve more. We keep using grace, and we keep our eyes on serving others, but there's this inner distance in our spirit, and you're struggling through it. More than likely, life is hard. It's not effortless. There's a challenge that's happening. 
There's some hard spaces that happen. And God continues to lead you and guide you. But there's still a gap there. And that's one thing. Maybe you're rowing today. Maybe you're just going upstream. And it's been really, really hard. And I can relate to that. I've been there many times in my life. Rowing is a challenge. And yet in that, we're not called to give up. Many years ago, I was on a paddle boat. You guys know what a paddle boat is? You have two people sitting on it, and you paddle with your feet. And that's what you're on. This paddle boat on Lake Okanagan. And we're having a great time on this lake, and my friend and I, and we're paddling along with our feet and having a great discussion. And the wind starts to pick up a little bit. Not a big deal. And then as we're paddling some more, both of our paddles, in, o- in order to use your legs, they completely break. And we're at the mercy of Lake Okanagan, which is a pretty big lake. If you've never been there, the storms come up pretty quickly. So the wind has shifted, and we're kind of putting our hands in the water. And we're trying to get back to shore, and nothing's happening. And as we're drifting towards shore, but we're drifting, we're completely on our own, completely helpless. I swim like a rock, so I wasn't going to dive out of the water. So we kept going. But as we're drifting towards shore, we're headed towards a bunch of people in the lake. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. What are they doing? And it turns out they're having a baptism service. And we are drifting towards them. And we're getting closer and closer. A matter of fact, the pastor who's baptizing these children into the lake, we got so close, I could have laid hands on them. And so we drifted out. And as we're getting closer and closer, I'm touching the kid's hand. I didn't actually do that. My buddy, who shouldn't be my friend anymore, dove out of the water, into the water, and swam to shore. And I kept drifting. And I kept drifting, and I kept drifting. I finally got to the shore. It was all good. Now, that's one of the things we have to look at as well. Are we drifting in life today? Are we drifting in our faith today? Where are we at? See, drifting, when we do that, we experience dryness. We experience difficulties. We experience circumstances that bog us down. And we're just kind of floating around in life with no real desire to connect anywhere else. And instead of praying and turning to God's word, we get into self-centeredness. We focus on ourselves. We start indulging ourselves into behaviors that aren't necessarily healthy. It could be excessive eating. It could be watching too much TV. It could be sleeping. It could be social media. It could be sexual sin as well. It could be a lot of different things that we do when we're drifting to mask the pain that we're feeling. And I think what happens with drifting is we can do it for so long, we don't notice how far away we are from the shoreline. And we get so far, you can barely even see it. And the danger of drifting is when you're drifting, you're typically drifting by yourself and you're not telling anybody about where you're really at. And there's a real danger in that as well. As we think about where you are drifting-wise, that's something that can be really dangerous for our souls. Another element he talks about is sinking. If we continue drifting, numbness comes in and all those things do happen to us. And that's a challenge. But as you think about sinking, that's when difficulties come up so badly in your life that your circumstances completely take over your life and you give up and you wave the white flag you say i'm done with faith i'm done with following jesus i'm done with going to church i'm done with reading the bible i'm done worshiping god i'm done giving but what happens in this particular case you don't necessarily tell anybody either you're going through this by yourself in your heart and your soul and you're going through the motions of faith But people start seeing something different about you as well. They notice you're a little more edgier. You're less patient. There's something going on because you're sinking so badly that you're looking for rescue and help. But you might be afraid to tell somebody. It's a hard thing to do because when we're sinking, we feel like on our own. The thing about drifting, when you're drifting on a boat, you've got that physical space that's still holding you up in the water. 
But when you're sinking in water and you're gasping for air and you're looking for help, that's where the help of the Holy Spirit comes. That's where we have to self-examinate to see where we're truly at. See, when we are in these positions, we have a few choices to make, don't we? We can either fight for the kingdom or we can give up. And I want to encourage you here this morning, we want to encourage you here this morning that you fight. That you fight along with Jesus Christ. That you don't give up. That you don't wave the white flag of surrender. That you keep fighting. Because there's a God that is with you, heart and soul, that is there to cheer you on, to spur you on, and is with you. And I think sometimes in the church, we don't always tell people where we're truly at. We assume that we're doing okay, or we want people to assume we're okay. And that's not always the case. And as we talk about being authentic next week, this idea of authenticity. Where are you at with authenticity? And I ask myself that question all the time too. I want to be authentic in who I am. I'm not always that way. I've gone through life, even as a pastor, I've put on the, the motions, I've gone through it, I've said the right things, but in my heart, completely disconnected. And that happens to every single one of us if we're really honest about that. And our encouragement to you here today, as you self-examine, as you look through the power of the Holy Spirit, the best way to get back into a place of growth and continued direction with Jesus Christ is self, through self-examination. The Holy Spirit leads us and directs us and changes us from the inside out, and we leave everything naked in front of him as David did. And we say, Lord, this is who I truly am, and I'm tired of pretending to be something I'm not. I think many of us in the faith are tired, not because of physical work, but the emotional struggle and challenge it takes to be something we're not so we can have approval from man. And we want to speak into that lie and say, no, we don't need to be like that. The only approval we need is from Jesus. And if somebody looks at you and your brokenness and you share this with somebody and they can't accept that, that's on them. I think if we can become more vulnerable and real, I'm not talking about up front, I'm not talking about spilling all your guts in the foyer. What I'm saying is, if we can identify where we're really at in our lives, and if we're in a great spot, let's celebrate that. But if you're in a challenging spot, have you told anybody? Have you talked to anybody? Are you at a point where you want to walk away out of your marriage, where you're saying, I'm done? Are you at a place where your job, I'm just done, I don't want to work, I just want to sit in my house and not see another person ever again? Those are parts of self-examination that we should be doing so we can stay in this race that God has called us to be a part of. Because we're in this race together. And you look beside each other, you're in the race together with each other. And that's the beautiful thing about the church. We're in this together. Now, it doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean we're going to have all the answers. But it does mean when I look to my right or to my left, there's people there beside me that will spur me on. There are people there beside me that will encourage me as well. And the best part of all that, if those people aren't there, because sometimes it happens as well, doesn't it? Jesus. Jesus is there. And I don't say that lightly. I say that with all my heart and soul. Because many of you have experienced the goodness of Christ. But when circumstances come, we tend to focus on those things rather than focusing on Jesus. See, the Bible says that we should fix our eyes on not what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. See, lack of self-examination can lead us into self-deception. And the enemy can come 
and whisper lies into our spirit that just aren't true. And the closer we are to Christ, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can say no to those lies and say they don't have any power over me. But I live in the power and the hope of the resurrection through the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we self-examine, sometimes what happens is we don't always like what we see. But what's beautiful about self-examination in the eyes of Jesus, he so fully accepts us. He says, come. Mesh, come. In your brokenness, in your sin, in your struggle, come. That's amazing. That's incredible when you think about it like that. A.W. Tozer says this, The man who has struggled to purify himself and has had nothing but repeated failures will experience real relief when he stops tinkering with his soul and looks away to the perfect one. While he looks at Christ, the very thing he has so long been trying to do will be getting done within him. So who do we look to? We look to Jesus. That's what we need to be doing as we talk about self-examination. Now, as you came in today, uh, you were probably handed a document that looks like this. It's green. Uh, if you don't have one, uh, ushers, can you guys come forward? If you need a document, put your hands up, and you will get hooked up with one. Just put your hands up really high so people can see what you need. Ushers are coming forward. I'm just going to wait a minute until everybody gets a document, and we're going to dive into this together. Anybody else need one? A couple of hands over there. Thanks, ushers. Appreciate that. All right. Now, this sheet that was given to you, this was not created by me. This was, I found this on a website that I found really helpful, and I thought this would be a great place to start as our baseline. The questions are right there in front of you. And this question sheet is simply gives you an opportunity, gives me an opportunity to reset, to ask the Holy Spirit to lead us so we can self-examinate. Because we cannot do self-examination on our own. We may be able to get away with it because we'll get to the surface stuff. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, we'll get more than just the surface stuff. We'll get to the heart of the matter. And that's an important thing, isn't it? As you see these questions in front of you, we're not asking you to do it today. But we're going to take a minute in service just to reflect on these questions. As you see these questions, here's our challenge and encouragement for you and for me. It's to take these questions is to go over them in your quiet time or somewhere where you want to do it. You can take one question at a time and do that over a day. You can take a couple of questions during the day and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and direct you as you ask these questions. If you have somebody in your life that you can trust that you want to go through these questions with, do that as well. If you're a journaling person, this is a great exercise for you as well. Now, if you've come here today and you've looked at this sheet and the first reaction is your heart that, well, when I get home, Ash, I'm just going to throw this in the garbage. Well, you know what? You're probably sinking at this point then. That's not out of guilt. That's out of hope and encouragement towards you to say, we're in this together. We want to help as best as we can. And one of the great ways to get each other help is through the power of the Holy Spirit and even being in a life group because that's a safe place where you can talk about these things, especially as we dive in to the authentic series. See, self-examination is hard, isn't it? Because we may not like what we see. But I encourage you to take this sheet 
and go through the questions on your own time. You don't need to report back to us. We're not going to ask you to stand up front and share your answers. However, if the Lord has revealed something to you that you need to share with someone, do that. Do not let the enemy rob you of an opportunity to get closer to Christ and closer to other people in your community of people. That's an important thing. And if you don't have somewhere to go with that, you can come talk to us as leadership. We will try to help where we can. And that's why we have these questions. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. And as the worship team is coming up, they're just going to play a couple of minutes of music in the background real softly. And I just want us to take an opportunity right now. Forget the person beside you. Forget the person in front of you or behind you. I just want you to take a moment to get this process started, to look at these questions, maybe pick one, and just ask the Holy Spirit to show you what he's showing you in terms of that question. And after today, when you go home, put this somewhere where you're going to see it and go through it. It's not for my benefit you're doing it. It's not for this church's benefit you're doing it. It's for your own benefit and your relationship with Jesus Christ. And after you do those things, there's an outflow and pouring out of that, isn't there? Because when we're in a healthier spot, not looking for perfection, that's not what we're asking for, because none of us has that. But when we're in a healthier spot, spiritually and emotionally, we can add more value to the church and build the body up together. So guys, the worship team is going to play. I just want you to take just a minute. I'm going to stay up here. I'm going to pray right now and just ask the Spirit to lead us. And I'm going to wrap us up in prayer and then we'll, we'll finish off with one song. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for just your Holy Spirit. And I pray now, Lord, as we we look through these questions as we are challenged and encouraged and maybe some of us are fearful right now to even do this i pray for hope encouragement courage and protection from the evil one right now as well from whispering lies to us as we go through this in jesus name Amen. the things that keep us from getting deeper with you. I pray, Lord, that you would show us and encourage us and challenge us as well to bring those things that we need to to your feet. And Lord, I know your word says that today if we hear his voice, do it hard in your hearts as in rebellion. I pray, Lord, that is just true to us today, that we would not rebel when you're calling us to repent or to make things right with someone or whatever the case may be. Lead us, Jesus. I pray that we would come through this exercise with humility and that we'd come with anticipation as the Holy Spirit transforms us into the image of Jesus. 
Thank you for each one today. And I pray, Lord, for those who've come today that are just at a place of breaking or of giving up, following you or engaging a life for that matter. I pray, Lord, that you would give them courage and strength and you would show them a revelation of who you are and they would understand that you're with them, that you've not forgotten them, even in the deepest of circumstance. And Lord, today, for those who have come, who have said, I'm done, and I'm going to walk out of my marriage, I pray, Lord, for restoration. I pray you bring restoration to those marriages and relationships that are broken. Lord, thanks for your love. Thank you for the power of you who are in our lives. And Lord, as we worship you now, as we reflect on you, as we head into this week even, help us to be mindful of the things you want us to become through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. It's such a good challenge from our lead pastor. And whenever we do communion here at the front, we often quote the scripture, which says, before a person partakes in communion, they should examine themselves. And that doesn't mean that's something we only do at communion time, that this life of self-examination is part of the Christian life. As the psalmist said, search me, Lord, and know, and to pray those prayers and to take a look. And so Mesh has given us this sheet. The questions on there are really good. And if we are uh, taking seriously that we want to grow in this journey, that we want to advance in our walk, Let's not be the one who crumples that up and throws that away when they get home, like Mesh mentioned. Let's be the ones who take those questions seriously. When I look at those, there's a number of those questions there where I feel like I'm doing pretty good and maybe even thriving, and then there's some questions there where I go, well, I'm definitely not. Those are areas that need some attention in my life. And so this is a great challenge for us. This is a great tool for us. And as we are gonna be talking over the next number of weeks of living authentically and, and being our true selves and being who we were created to be, this is going to be helpful for us as well. So we're going to pray to close, and as we get ready to do that, just a reminder, we do have a prayer team who is available to pray with you after the service for anything you like. We have people who we've trusted and trained and released into this ministry, and they are sensitive and they are careful, and uh, it's a safe place to come and pray. And if you're not wanting to pray, that's more than fine, but we'll just ask you to go visit out in the lobby just so we can make this a quiet place and a safe place for people to pray. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word and how it does challenge us, Lord, and that uh, even though the thought maybe of, of laying ourselves bare before you and being examined and praying, search me, oh no, search me and no, might seem scary, Lord, uh, we know that you are faithful and that we do need you and that you are a safe place to go. And so I pray, Lord, that you will show us what in our life needs attention, that you will draw us to that Holy Spirit, that you will help us to rest peacefully in the areas that don't need our attention and to celebrate that, but to have the leading of your spirit, Lord. What do you know we need to work on right now? Let that be so clear to us and show us what that looks like moving forward. And thank you that you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins, that we don't need to carry that burden, but we can release those things to you, that you are with us always and that we are not alone. So come Holy Spirit, as we leave from this place and lead us in the way that we should go, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you want prayer, come on forward. Otherwise, have a wonderful Sunday and we will see you next week.